Hey everyone, it's Matthew here at Midland Pictures. We're hanging out in the studio, newly remodeled, phase one remodel uh, with uh, Becky Widholm. Widholm, right? Yes. Her, she, it's I've confusing. always known her as Becky Norton, um, but now she's married, so her name is Becky Widholm. Rebecca, Beck, Becky. Um, anyway, about the studio. <laughs> so um, you probably saw the last video. Uh, or one of the earlier videos that showed a little bit of a tour of what we did for phase one. We're actually filming right now in in the studio in its more completed form. We still have a lot of work left to do as I've described in other videos. So stay tuned to see all those updates over the next few months. Um, but we wanted to sit down and talk to Becky. Uh, she's an editor with us here at Midland Pictures and I've been working with Becky for how many years? We took a little two year break there, but over um, four, four ish years now. Yeah. Yeah, around there. So when we were working at the other production company, mm -hmm. um, you were referred there by Bruce, right? Yes. So I interviewed Becky because she was being looked at to come on board as a freelance editor. And uh, I did the interview process with her. Uh, we had watched some of the films that she put together. Uh, and everything uh, showed that you know she really knew what she was, was doing and was capable of helping us out. Uh, and moving everything forward. So um, that worked out really well. We worked mm -hmm. there for close to two years together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, then that went away. And then we took a little bit of a break uh, as far as us working together goes. Right. I think every once in a while I had something that I sent your way. I mean, maybe two or three things. It yeah. was very minimal. Yeah, but we met up a few times. Yeah. To just check in on where right. we were at in the world. So you went off and went, and you were working at the daycare center, right? Yes. And then from there, you were working uh, at the tax place. Yes. And that yes. was those were both full-time, right? Yep, yep. And we had, of course, been talking back and forth about as Things got um, more involved with Midland Pictures and more clients and more edits uh, to have Becky come on and help us with assistant editing and then editing certain projects uh, that DJ and I weren't ta uh, taking care of. So Becky's been with us since uh, early January and handling a lot of the assistant editing uh, work that we have, but we're taking a little break to hang out and chat and go over you, Becky. My life. <laughs> Um, and you as a filmmaker, really, um, I think when we sit down and have these conversations, I like to go back to some of the things that really formed your passion and your interest for filmmaking and film. Mm -hmm. Um, you like me are a pretty big movie geek, uh, uh, you know, you're a little bit more into Harry Potter. I'm not. <laughs> I'm more into Star Wars. Yes. Not that you're not, but you're not like way into it like I am. No. So I'm mostly curious. And, and some of this stuff we haven't talked in depth about. Um, so this is a nice chance for me to get a little bit more reoriented on some of the things that made you move into this line of work because you've done it on your own growing up. You went to school for it and then mm -hmm. you've been working as uh, you know, a film editing professional here in Omaha for the last few years. Yeah. So you know, my whole thing was you know Star Wars and Jurassic Park, and my brother and I recording home movies, uh, parodies of other movies, you know, with VHS camcorders and all that stuff right. when we were kids, and uh, moving into theater and then film school and all that stuff. 
So I'm curious if you can just take us mm-hmm. through your track a little bit and sort of like, you know, my seminal moment was 14 years old, Jurassic Park, mind blown at the movie theater and going, I want to make movies, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of generations have had from 2001, A Space Odyssey to Star Wars to Gone with the Wind, whatever. Um, right. So what's kind of your your version of that? Well, I don't know. I don't think I could say like a, a specific a specific movie that really did it. I mean, growing up, my dad worked at Cox Communications, so we were always, I want to say we were always like the first to kind of have stuff, oh, but sure. out of like my friends, you know, we had internet really early on and like cable and HBO, which was like a big deal, you mm-hmm. know, back in the day. Um, and so I was always exposed to a lot of media. My dad did photography and he went to school I don't remember if he went to school for broadcasting. I know he did radio and TV. Really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, and photography. So we always had cameras around the house, mm-hmm. video cameras. I mean, I remember we had the the old VHS. The, the shoulder held? The shoulder that was black and white and with the, the little cassette. eyepiece. Mm-hmm. The full cassette went in? Okay. And you put the full VHS in. <laughs> um, and I mean, I would play around with that all the time. Yeah. I mean, I had videos of me playing Barbies. Right. You just set the camera up and do stuff. Yeah. As opposed to like, um, like having your friends get together and actually having them do scenes. And I stuff mean, like we that. eventually, it, grew in, okay. it, it got into that. Yeah. Um, and you know, you had to like rewind to fix your mistakes. Oh, you did do that. Yeah. Yep. You yeah. around and re-recorded it a yep. million times and we would like practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like that was my childhood. Do those still exist? I don't know. I haven't been able to find some of them. I think because they just got thrown away eventually. Because oh. I mean, it was hours of just yeah, I know. of Barbies. How awesome would that Barbies. be? Barbies. Um, and then you know, going into high school, I was really interested in it still. And we had it was called Husky Vision, mm-hmm. and it's where we did our morning announcements and we did like um, video segments. And I was always doing those and in those um i did so they had film like a little film department Mm -hmm. in the school and you guys would be able to kind of like a news anchor or whatever be in front of the camera and that was broadcast to the classrooms yes that's cool and there was my school there was like one or two like art of filmmaking classes you could take before you did that and i took all of those um is that why you're so good at the social media takeover? Hey, this is Becky Midland Pictures. We're on. Da, 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 da. Probably. I, don't I know mean, if you guys have seen uh, her on our Instagram, but she's taken over on a couple shoots. We've had her on shoots doing our Instagram stories, and I'm like, uh, yeah, you're like a total natural journalist's uh, kind of news reportery vibe to you when you're doing that stuff. I know. I it, hate doing news though. But was the <laughs> was that. The, you know, the camera thing with, with school and broadcasting to the rooms, like, I mean, you have to know how to be on camera and like, right. And um, have energy. Like, is that, if I remember correctly, it wasn't live. Right. I'm pretty sure we recorded it before, but we had windows movie maker Wow. was our Whoa. editing program. So, you know, nobody wanted to mess with it cause it right. sucked. <laughs> um, so we tried to do everything in one take and you know, our teleprompter was literally just a computer screen that we scrolled down Yeah. because it wasn't it was... like pieces of paper that somebody <laughs> hand wrote it like cue cards. No, That's what no. We, used. we had it written out. Like we held them yeah. just in case. Um, yeah, that's probably why Okay. 
I'm decent at it, but. So you were going on a track, you know, past that, and I kind of took us back a little bit. So um, kind of resume where you were headed with the high school and media and right. all that stuff. Um, yeah, so I did our Husky Vision, and we we would do, like, the announcements, and then we'd stick in, like, video, like, mm -hmm. movies that we would do. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I don't want to say I was the only girl who was in them because I wasn't, but I was one of the few <laughs> that was willing to embarrass herself <laughs> in front of the school because, I mean, it was like one of those things that I loved. And, you know, I wasn't the most popular girl in high school. Really? And no. I'm not saying that like, like shocked or anything, you know, like, I mean, I know we sort of have like a nerd foundation because <laughs> I wasn't the most popular in high school right. either, but you're very outgoing, you know, all that I stuff mean, like... I knew a lot of people. Okay. Like, I knew a lot of people. I was just not, like, how the many, most popular girl in school. How many people in your class? Uh, it Even was one of the biggest classes, I think, to date that still has come through. Like, more than 500? I, th I think... I don't remember if we ended up graduating with 500, but mm -hmm. we started out with over 500 at least. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we started with, like, over 300. Yeah. And ended up with, like, high 200s. Yeah. Did you um, like high school? Yeah. You didn't have like terrible experiences or weird drama or anything? Mostly a normal I mean, high school experience? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I know. I mean, I wasn't. I just want you to cry. I'm going to figure I'm out how you should cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was It was good. It was normal. I, I knew a lot of people because I did. I mean, I wasn't the most popular person I knew tons yeah. of people. I knew like all the popular people. Sure. But I wouldn't describe myself as mm -hmm. the most popular yeah. person in high school. I mean I didn't win prom queen or anything. So and that's a popularity contest. Oh yeah. <laughs> um but I knew a ton of people and I I like to think I knew myself pretty well in high school. Mm -hmm. Like I I was typical like I want people to like me. Like I don't want to look stupid all the time. I want to dress well. Yeah. I wanna be popular ish. I don't want to be you know Yeah. But when it um, came to doing these shows and these sketches and stuff, you you had no inhibitions in going, right. oh, what's this going to do to my image? How's this no. going to affect my brand? No, I would think I it would actually enhance care. it because they'd be – there's something about, I think, seeing people perform on television, even though right. it was high school TV, that, I don't know, maybe people respect or subconsciously sort of – like, I could never do that. Mm -hmm. And then if you actually kind of have some talent or you're funny or whatever right. and you entertain them, then, you know, it neutralizes them being mm -hmm. like, oh, you're such a dork on there and <laughs> bullying you and stuff, right? I mean, I don't feel like I ever was bullied. I right. had, I but, mean, there are definitely people that I, I didn't know that would recognize mm -hmm. me and be like, oh, my God, I saw you. Yeah. And there was this one where I played, like, this fake superhero. Mm -hmm. I think it was called Fire Girl. That's and, clever. like, people would call me that, but it never felt like... Yeah, no. It never felt like it was, like, derogatory. cruel. Yeah. Um, I think because it was so different to have, mm -hmm. you know... There there were girl, other girls in the class, and they did these with me. Right. So I think it was different to see, especially in high school, like, girls willing to embarrass yeah. themselves in front of the whole school yeah. for some of these because it's it's fun and it's funny and... yeah. Did you do any theater or any other performing, whether it was at high um, school or in the community or anything like that? 
I did swing choir. Swing choir. I did wow. swing choir. Um, now, was that mostly, well, choir obviously implies singing, so you it was singing and dancing? Yes, and I am not. <laughs> I know, because we joked around about I, you singing. I am not I the could... best singer or the best dancer. Um, my sister did it, and my sister yeah. was a big theater, and she was like, in all the plays and she was a lead in the plays. Right. Um, so I kind of got into it from her mm -hmm. and I did a, I did plays my freshman year, realized it wasn't necessarily my thing. And I ended up doing like the tech crew after oh, okay. that. And I liked that much better. Yep. Um, but I stuck in swing choir. I liked doing swing choir. I had a ton of friends in it. Mm -hmm. I just. Were you like, like paralyzed with fear and nervousness before every show? Um, I was nervous, but I mean, I was never up there alone. And I was Becky, never. it's time for your solo. <laughs> yeah, that was. It's a that five was, minute routine. <laughs> that was not me. Um, like I, I mean, I knew like I was never gonna get a solo. Yeah, I right. would never be featured as a dancer because right. I'm very uncoordinated. Yes. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, like swing choir, I did cross country. I was in orchestra, and then I embarrassed myself on video. So, like. So, what instrument did you play for orchestra? Viola. Really? Mm -hmm. You still bust it out, you know, on a Friday night and get Not down? Not in a long time. I have, I have to replace some of the strings and stuff, yeah. so I just haven't touched it in a couple of years, but I still have it. Well, we're going to have to bring it over. Oh, God. We never, at, at the other production company we did show and tell, you never played viola for us. <laughs> That's because I, I am very rusty. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean... So, well, sorry, I was just to say, like, you have obviously sort of a performance and arts background. Your dad was involved in mm -hmm. photography and stuff. And then you said your sister was in theater. Yes. So there definitely is this mm -hmm. component in the DNA. Yes. So you go, All that. you go through high school, swing choir, orchestra, cross country. Yes. I was husky, in, husky I was vision. In, what, husky, husky vision. Husky vision. I was and in all the clubs. But when it came to the things I was passionate about, like video and orchestra and Harry Potter, everybody knew I loved Harry Potter in high school. Like <laughs> that, that was me. If anybody was a resident, resident nerd in my high school, it was me. But you, everybody owned, knew you it. owned it and you were proud of it. Yeah. So like, you know, the things that I did like, I was never ashamed yeah. i mean that's why i wasn't afraid to embarrass myself for the yeah the whole school yeah it worked yeah so you go through all this stuff in high school and then i'm sure uh whether it's parents or yourself you know uh just sort of our culture here in in, in the u.s is all about going to college after mm -hmm. high school so talk me through a little bit about picking the degree program that you ended up studying and, you right. know, the school that you went to and all that stuff. Um, so I went to UNO. University and... of Nebraska at Omaha. Yes. In Omaha, Nebraska. Go Mavs. Go Mavs. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, when I went into college, when I signed up, I originally was thinking pre-med. Really? Mm-hmm. Like and then... surgeon or psychiatry uh, or... I didn't know just, at the time. Just, let's get I the... just thought med. Okay. Um... And then I thought about sports nutrition coming mm -hmm. off of cross country. Yep. And then, um, cause, well, cause at the time I still really liked doing video, but I was thinking maybe it'd be more of a hobby okay. than career. Cause I didn't, I didn't want to get into like news broadcasting cause that's just not well, my I cup think, of tea. So what year is it? What year did you graduate high school? Oh, eight. Okay. We're coming up on my 
So my two, 10 year. But 2008 really is like the year things really started to transfer into mm -hmm. the democratization of digital consumer access, uh, you know, uh, to, you know, digital film and DSLRs and all mm -hmm. that stuff. So I, I went to film school. I was in grad school when you graduated <laughs> from high school, um, finishing grad school, actually. Uh, but, you know, I went from shooting on super 16 millimeter and DV mm -hmm. tape to just a year or two later in LA having DSLR with, you know, Canon stuff. Right. And I know there was digital film cameras, you know, Star Wars, the new Star Wars prequels were shot on digital, but that stuff was not even remotely accessible uh, to the average person. Right. So um, this whole industry that we're involved in right now really wasn't a thing back then. So yeah. Being interested in film, it's either you become a professional or independent filmmaker. They're both professional, but I mean, like on like a studio Hollywood side of things, or an indie filmmaker. Mm -hmm. You go into television, or I mean, what else? What else was there? Uh, like you said, news, news yeah, and broadcast news. and all that. <clears throat> I didn't want to do news. Um, I looked into film school, mm -hmm. and my parents were unsure. Not that they didn't think I could do it. It was more of a, they encouraged me to get my bachelor's in something similar yeah. and then potentially go on to film school just so if film school didn't work out, I'd have a right. degree underneath it. So then that's when I switched to broadcasting. Um, and then eventually there was so much interest in broadcasting when I was going through that they opened up another like branch mm -hmm. of the broadcast. So they opened up the new media branch, which was less news oriented and more like free film. Yeah. Um, so then I went that route. It was called new media. And are they um, thinking like new media because, because of where it's distributed? Like you're going to put this on the web and it's like a whole new thing. Mm -hmm. Was that the idea or? Um, I think so. I think it was just more of a, I don't want to say like free spirit, but mm -hmm. I mean, we took a couple, like we did one that was a video art and like broadcasting majors and art majors could take it. And then we did um, like a video media class where we had to put together like a 10 minute like film at the end of the class. So, it was more like film based okay. than learning kind of the editorial. Right. Um, because the other route for the journalism, like you took all the journalism classes yeah. with it and you did, you like practiced on -air news and, and on air and all yeah. like news stories and yeah. all that. And that just wasn't. Didn't have. I mean, if that was my only option, I would have gone that route. Sure. But since the other branch kind of opened up as I was really getting into the major, yeah. that's. I went that way. So you're in school and you sort of, you're sort of moving towards the new media side, which is a little bit of narrative, you know, more traditional filmmaking, storytelling, but then also you sound mm -hmm. like you, there's like some artistic mm -hmm. film art movie poems, I call them. <laughs> um, there isn't <laughs> really poems. a story, but you're just sort of like using video to, I don't know, evoke an emotional response in people, but it's not more formal storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you're in school for four years, right? I went for six. Mm -hmm. That's why I asked. I went to undergrad for six years. Mine went 
into five. Into five, okay. So. So I'm curious then, like as you're cementing that, you know, you really enjoy this and this is what you want to do, how are you thinking about things as college is coming to an end? And sort of what was that transition process? Mine was, you know, I'm in theater, I'm an actor, mm -hmm. well, I'm going to move up to Chicago and, and get a day job because you, you don't just immediately start working right. full time as an actor and try to audition and put together a living doing that. Mm -hmm. That did not work out very well. Um, but so anyway, so what I'm getting at is, you know, are you thinking on like a strategic level or are you like, okay, I've got this, I have this degree, like these are the places I'm going to apply or this is what I'm going to start doing as a filmmaker. Like what, what's the right. plan? And if it um, was not really anything like that, it was like, well, I don't really know what I'm going to do. And you know, did you move home? Did you, did you know, what was that whole process? Well, I was already living at home. Right. So Because I never lived in the dorms because, right. I mean, there was no point. Right. You why, grew, right. Why would you incur those expenses? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, as I got closer to graduation, I, I knew I didn't want to do news. Mm -hmm. So I had started looking into other places that do more like website, um, videos or yeah. do like commercials that go on air instead. Oh, sure. Yeah. I didn't um, even think about that commercial, uh, you know, actually making commercials that go local, right. uh, local broadcast and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was a little, <laughs> I was a little lazy at the end because mm -hmm. I, I mean, there wasn't well, a lot in Omaha, yeah. which scared me because I wasn't ready to just up and pack up and go somewhere. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to do film school anymore just because I knew it'd be taking on a ton of debt. Right. Um, well, I think talking about the truth in a sense of sort of as we evaluate ourselves and really try to take ourselves to task over our self-discipline and all that stuff, it's important mm -hmm. to, to, you know, to be honest about that because I've struggled with it my whole life. And especially after graduating from undergrad, uh, not so much undergrad school because I was pretty focused and determined and had like a really specific goal in mind mm -hmm. I was trying to accomplish. But, you know, I wasn't I wasn't going out of my way to mm -hmm. look for auditions in Chicago and like, I'm going to die if I don't get on that stage right. and, 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 and speak some uh, from a Shakespeare play, mm -hmm. you know. So if you were in this, and that's why I ask about the transition, like this is a weird time for people, young adults, you're in school for four to five years and you think you know what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And now you have this degree and you studied this stuff and, and you had, I have to go to class and I have to get A's and I have to, you know, these things that provide motivation for you. Then all of a sudden you're cut off from that. Right. And then what happens? Um, and I think that's an exciting thing about talking to you about this because like other video professionals, I guess in other cities and even here in Omaha, you know, there's there's ways they can connect with us for having those shared experiences. Anyway, so don't back <laughs> off from, you know, speaking honestly about what that transition time was like. And right. if like me, I was working at a grocery store and I feel like we're kindred spirits in the mm -hmm. sense that we have fallen back on some things that we know are easy and mm -hmm. get us the money that, you know, they get us paying our bills and all that right. stuff. And you kind of had that with day, the daycare a little bit. <clears throat> yep. Well, I worked at, I'm going to call it preschool. Right. Sorry. There was a lot of education in there. Okay. I, I, 
So um, the preschool. Right, the preschool. So I started the preschool when I was um, in college because it worked out with my schedule. You know, I wasn't doing weekends or evenings because I was in my sorority at the time. Right. So, and I was super involved in that. So I wanted as much free time as I could. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when I graduated, you know, I just continued working there because I wasn't going to quit my job unless I had something else lined up. Yeah. Um, and I was a bit slow and apprehensive about applying places, mainly just because coming out of, you know, broadcasting, especially in Omaha, it's not a very big creative video community. So really... Especially at the time. Yes. Yeah, so really the only options were to either get into one of these small companies that were doing video more and like commercial or going news. And I knew I did not want to do news. Like if I could avoid it, I wasn't going right. to do it. Um, and I have to think at that time, Becky, 2008 in Omaha. Well, this was like 2012 now. Well, but I mean, right when you, well, this was, you guys, right, you graduated high school so in 2012. Yeah, even then, though, there's probably a handful of production companies. Yeah, and then, I think. And then businesses that actually have in house video production at that time. I think, um, like Slate, is it Slate Advertising? Slate Advertising, yeah. It was like a big one. Mm -hmm. um, I think I sent my resume there. I reached out to a bunch of small places, but I. I mean, looking back now, I was like, oh, they probably had like 30 people in it. No, they probably had like six if and that, we're not hiring Because I did all. the same thing when I came to Omaha. I sent out emails. I didn't like fill out an application. I was just like, hey, I'm from LA. I have a mm -hmm. film degree. Um, you know, what can I do to help you guys with editing right. or video production or whatever? And either no replies or, you know, hey, we've got full, you know, we're staffed up and we're good. Like, yeah. Or, you know, these are smaller businesses and they don't necessarily have the ability to add on another person at $40,000 a year and full-time mm -hmm. benefits in a 401k. It's just not, it's not realistic in a market like this. Right. Um, so, yeah, looking back, they probably had yeah. very small teams. And I was at the time probably thinking like, hey, they could take on someone straight out of college. Probably couldn't. Now, were you applying for a, at a job opening or were you just going, you know, hitting up Google and checking out production companies and going just a cold inquiry? That's what I was doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much just using their like contact us page and saying like, hey, right. just got out of college looking for something. Mm -hmm. Here's my resume if you're interested. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because a lot of the stuff, and DJ, you can probably attest to this, a lot of the stuff that we've heard about from some of the podcasts we listen to and all that, they, a lot of people talk about reaching out and saying, hey, what can I basically do for you mm -hmm. that has value? Can I come on a shoot and volunteer? Can I intern at your uh, production company? And, and basically what you have to do is you have to work your way in, it seems. Mm -hmm. You have to work your way in and then make yourself so invaluable to them that they can't not hire you on. Right. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of opportunities on the small business production company side of things where they have a listed job opening and they're accepting applications. Right. And I imagine for the companies, too, that they don't necessarily feel that there's a strong applicant pool mm -hmm. um, for the specific needs that they have. <laughs> We, we're, we're doing it like you have something that I need. Can you just give it to me? 
essentially, right. as opposed to I recognize that it's incredibly difficult to get in with these small businesses in places. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make essentially give them something of value so that they can't they can't not hire me, like right. I said. So, but you were kind of doing a little bit of everything, like cold inquiries, and then maybe if a job posting came up, you know, you might formally mm -hmm. apply to something like that. Yep. And at I've, the same time, you're working at the preschool. Yes, and I remember I applied. I can't remember what I can't remember what business it was. I remember I applied and I interviewed, um, and it was small, and they wanted to bring on video, but I mean, when I was in, you know, when I was in college. You know, we were still using cameras with cassettes and you right. had to sit. Digitize and, them. And, yeah. Yep. So, you know, coming into a job where they're asking me about all these higher end cameras, I'm, I mean, I'm just like, I, yeah, sure. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, right. I, I didn't know any of the background on, you know, I knew my background from school, but I didn't have any yeah, real wanna... experience and nothing on like any higher tech cameras at that right. point. I mean, it was a bonus that I knew Final Cut because we talked about mm -hmm. Final Cut, um, and we used Final Cut, we used Final Cut and Adobe Premiere, so I knew both, right. which was super great for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like going into some of those, I was so inexperienced. I mean, I still have so much to learn on, especially cameras. Well, and I think that's something that I've always found interesting about you as uh, in, as a filmmaker, as an editor and all that, um, sometimes because the need here is for people that have both creative and artistic skills, but then also strong technical skills. They understand the cameras, they understand aperture, ISO, shutter speed, all that stuff. They understand codecs and the complex menu systems of a camera and all that. Um, but at the same time, also be able to sit in an edit bay and really be able to tell a story with a pile of footage and some interviews. So I think sometimes the need is strong to have both, but that there is definitely a place for people who gravitate towards tech, but then mm -hmm. also who gravitate towards creative artistic. I think about a lot of feature films and some of the behind the scenes stuff that I've read. And sometimes it reminds me of you a little bit where, um, uh, you know, you have an editor, man or woman, who has a team around them, assistant editors, they're fortunate to have that. And when they run into a technical issue where the software isn't working mm -hmm. or there's an issue with the footage uh, and it requires, uh, uh, t you know, technical knowledge, um, you know, they rely on those individuals to do that and fix it so they can just get back to the artwork, which is mm -hmm. the storytelling. And I feel like that's always where you've been strongest. I can hand you that pile of footage. And right. although you might might struggle at times, especially because you've been in and out of it a little bit, like how do I multicam again? Or why right. am I putting this compressor on the audio? You know, your, your strength is in the storytelling and in the creativity and the artwork, I always feel. And I feel like sometimes you mm -hmm. get, you get... Uh, Stuck? No, you get stuck or like, 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 I don't ever want you to feel like there's something wrong with you that you're not right. as technically minded as someone that you know, who's crazy tech oriented, because mm -hmm. I'm not that way. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously more tech oriented on mm -hmm. the post-production side and I'm starting to get there with cameras in production. 
Um, and I think DJ is a similar thing, you know, like he, yeah, he knows how to navigate the menu and he understands the concept of ISO and aperture and all that stuff, but he's not like, oh, you know, this camera renders in the L1 compression and this one does it, you know, in IBS and uh, you can see the artifacting here in the shadow, you know, we're not, right? we're not. But then someone who's watching this right now and going, oh my gosh, how do you not know this stuff? Like your whole, the whole expression of your art form, you know, is, is, is connected to the quality of what you create. And it's just, you know, it's a constant back and forth. I think that's right. why, why I love this work. Um, but why sometimes for, I think people like you who are even more shifted towards the creative or artistic mm -hmm. side, it can be difficult because you are sometimes expected to know tech stuff in depth. Right. And if I had it my way, you know, you would never have to worry about that stuff. It'd be like, Becky just edits. Okay. <laughs> just or Becky, or Becky just films, <laughs> you know, like if she runs into an issue in the edit bay, you know, there's an IT guy that, that fixes it. And then right. she goes back to doing what we need her to do, which is telling stories. Yeah. Do you ever feel in what you've done with us from the other production company to hear like that, like you're like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know the tech stuff enough, you know, like I'm intimidated or. You know I, mean, I mean, yes, because um, I definitely, I definitely don't know the cameras as well as I should, um, mm -hmm. and part of that is because at our last company, I, I didn't do any yeah. shooting. I just did editing, yeah. um, and you know, at the time, I didn't want to because I had so much on my plate with edits that I. Yeah. I couldn't take anything on, and I was still working part-time at the preschool as well, just for extra income. Um, so then, you know, and then I kind of took that year and a half, two years, um, when we all went in our separate ways. And, you know, I, I did some stuff on the side for you, and I just did some stuff at home. Um, but I really got out of the game. And for yeah. editing, I mean, I really feel like once you know one editing program, you can really pick up any editing program after you mess around with it. And mm -hmm. it's really kind of like, I mean, I guess if you enjoy it, it's like riding a bike. Like when yeah. you come back in, unless everything's completely changed. Which sometimes there's a lot of changes, but right. it's not, again, it just takes a little bit of time to get, oh, they moved this over here. Oh, this is called this now. You know, it's not like right. the software has fundamentally changed. So picking up editing in Final Cut Pro was a breeze again. But being out of the camera game, I mean, because I really didn't do much at our last company. I mean, being out of it for years, I mean, there's just so much to learn. And, yeah. And I'd never done high-end cameras either. So, right. and you have, I mean, it's you, really a big learning curve for me. And you have a camcorder. You have a Canon HD 24 frames per second camcorder. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that's the other thing, too. It's like... You know, everybody's getting, you know, piling on Steven Soderbergh because his latest movie was filmed on an iPhone and they just think it's horrible. And, I, you know, part, part of me goes, even though Steven Soderbergh is, I'm sure, very technically minded because he's been a DP and all that stuff and he knows the cameras and he made this choice very specifically. Part of me also goes, at the end of the day, if you tell your story effectively and powerfully, if it's on a 24 frames per second Canon camcorder right. versus, you know, a C500 with all the rigging and all that stuff, there's no doubt that the quality of the image is different and that the tools on a higher end camera might give you more to do as a storyteller, but you can still tell stories with that camera. And, and I've always felt with you, it's just like, you know, again, like I'm focused on the storytelling. I don't, I don't want to fill my head with 
technical stuff about mm-hmm. CMOS sensors versus this and you know all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's just not. And I don't think there's anything wrong with not being interested in that because you know I don't really go way down the tech specs list of a lot of this stuff. I just kind of look at the image and go, "Ooh, that makes me feel good," um, right. and and go that route. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you, you know, your I want to make sure that we kind of track to that <clears throat> that through line of again graduating. And applying right. to uh, a job here or there, you know, if one became available, but then mm-hmm. also doing kind of cold inquiries to production companies. Right. And, and so let me just pick up there. Well, no, I just just like I'm I, I'm really interested in like again like the through line for a lot of this is talking about our sort of these these journeys of self-discovery and finding self-discipline and motivation and like what's this big goal that we have and what are we trying to accomplish and our struggles with sort of like well I just kind of want to I just want to do this for eight hours a day and then you know watch you know watch my Netflix and, and hang out with my husband and do this stuff on the weekends or you know me hang out with my family DJ whatever. And in in going back and forth, especially now that we are sort of building this business together, um, you know, is the culture of entrepreneurship making us feel like if we don't work 15 hours a day and, you know, and have all these big goals and we're constantly obsessed and working towards this, is there something wrong with us? So, you know, um, I go back and forth with that all the time and... I just think it's a really interesting thing to talk mm-hmm. about how you over those years have, you know, just dealt with focus and drive and ambition and uh, the bouts of laziness or, you know, like I have done picking the safe the safe route mm-hmm. of, you know, working at the grocery, well, the old grocery store will take me back, you know, and I'll, I'll make ends meet and I'll kind of be an actor. And I think that part of why I went to film school was because I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And school was always something that gave me focus and motivation and discipline and all that stuff right. because I wanted to be a good student and get good grades. So I'm just kind of curious about that whole yeah. process and how it leads to where you are now. Still in that. Right. Um, so let's see. So I graduated, was sort of reaching out to places. Mm-hmm. Um, I eventually branched off from just video into social media, marketing, um, cause Facebook had really come around. I was like one of the first few people in my high school who got Facebook because yeah. that was back when it became available, but you had to get invited. Or you had to have an EDU email. Yes. The... Um, so, you know, by the time I got out of college, Facebook and video and, you know, online marketing was getting bigger. So I was sort of looking into that and then I just happened to um, get a call one day from like my friend's dad who knew Bruce from our last company saying they were looking for video editors mm-hmm. and I I almost didn't apply. Why? Because I was scared. I was scared. Um, so I wonder if that's an element of, of this too, you mm-hmm. know? I think for me... You know, I never started a business or did stuff because whether it was subconscious or conscious, you know, right. it, it's scary, you know, it, there is a fear element there. So, so this comes up, 
there's an opportunity to actually, like, people are looking for someone, mm -hmm. and this fear sets in. Well, I think part of it was because by now I was maybe six out, six months out of uh, college, mm -hmm. hadn't found anything. I was doubting my skills because I couldn't find anything. I was realizing, like, oh, the cameras we used in college were not the cameras <laughs> that everybody's using now, you know, on the market. <clears throat> You know, I was doubting my editing skills, and editing was really where I always knew I, like, hit it out of the park. Because, I yeah. I mean, I could sit down for hours and just... Disappear into it. Edit mm -hmm. random stuff. <laughs> like, in, I mean, in college, I mean, I remember I was... Fake trailers I'd be there for Harry Potter movies? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I never did. I never was that person that took, like, movie clips and made anything. I did for The Force Awakens. Yeah, I didn't. Nope. Um... But I, I remember I would, I mean, I'd be sitting there for hours on campus. I'd be there till one in the morning right. editing because it had to be exactly how I wanted it and finished it. Nice. Um, so, so yeah, I almost didn't respond back because I was scared at mm -hmm. that point. It was something new. Um, you know, I, I've, I've always dealt with kind of like nervous anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it was just my anxiety was telling me not to do it because I, I didn't know what was going to happen. and Which fascinates me because, you know, your level of involvement in high school, you know, mm -hmm. even if you weren't the best at show choir or the, the viola or whatever, mm -hmm. um, you know, you did all this stuff. For me, the anxiety stuff started getting stronger as I got older. Mm -hmm. uh, the younger I was, I was, you know, I was very confident and sort of brazen I, with things. I mean, I'm I'm confident when... It's, it's weird. Okay. Cause I've always been like a nervous kid. Like I was always that kid where I was like, we can't do that. Like we'll get in so trouble. Like it very was much always of the rules. Yes. Being, you know, I don't know if you were branded like the goody goody. I mean, yeah. I was, I, cause yeah. I, the reason I ask is cause that happened to me a lot. I was very rule oriented. Mm -hmm. I didn't get into a lot of trouble, you know, oh, we can't cross the street guys because you know, they told us we can't. Right. You know? Yeah. I was, I was that kid. Okay. <laughs> um, and I mean, in high school, I, I mean, I definitely like if if it was something I loved and I was passionate about and I was confident in myself about it, I wouldn't have anxiety about it. Right. Um. I mean, other than you know your general nerves. Right. Um. But I had lost a lot of that confidence going into like this interview, so I was super nervous. I was super anxious. I wasn't sure if I wanted to because I just wasn't. I mean, I questioned it. Um, and even now, like... When what we... do you think made you question it? Was it, like, the intimidation of the people who work there and, like, their skill level and, like, am I good at this? Or was it, like, culturally working at a little production company, potential, you know, like, that's that's not a normal job. Like, that's not that's not what people um, with, grad, you know, high school or uh, college degrees go on and do. I think I was more nervous just for, like, the people. Okay. Because um, I've always been, like, a people pleaser... Mm -hmm. I've always wanted people to like me. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? Um, so it was one of those, like, what if they don't like my stuff? What mm -hmm. am I going to do after that? Because this is all I have. Like, how yeah. am I going to keep interviewing anywhere? Right. Um, you know, I just, I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't think I was as well prepared as I wanted right. to be in my knowledge. Um, so I just had tons of anxiety about actually going back into it. And What's funny is... <laughs> that 
of the two types of applicants that have could, could have come in, you, someone with who sh- demonstrated through your your samples, mm-hmm. you know, an ability to tell stories with editing, <clears throat> and and sort of maybe being, you know, not cemented in in years of post production and this is how it's done and all that right. stuff versus the person who was like that. I would take someone like you in a heartbeat because and maybe this is a little bit of ego or something, but I can shape you into the <laughs> the editor, you know, with with my ideas on workflow and post production and the software that we use and all that. You're not coming and going, oh no, no, no. We got you use Chronosync, that's a joke. We gotta use <laughs> this. Um uh, you know, you were like, okay, show me and you know it's a right. little bit self selfish, but I get to have I get to like mold you mm-hmm. the way that like I need it for how I'm running post production. I was the post production right. supervisor. Becky came in as an editor, so she would technically be working under me. So yeah. that's what I liked is I saw skill and talent, but then some in, you know inexperience in the sense that you just graduated. You weren't loyal uh, like I am to mm-hmm. a certain um, editing software. And you had still had a lot to learn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I took the interview. And write down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen. That's an We'll talk joke. about that. We will talk about that later. <laughs> no. So I took the interview. I was late because I went to the wrong building. Yeah. That like, was posted on the website. It was the and old I, studio. Yes. And we were, she was like in panic mode. I'm like. I was. I'm like, Becky. I haven't even met you. It's going to be okay. Well, at the time, I mean, I Yes, of course. You're going in for a job interview. The last thing you want to do is be late. Yes. I was like 20 (laughs) minutes late because I went only because, well, I showed up 10 minutes early. Yeah. Because I wanted to make a good impression. The address on the website had not been updated. So you Mm -hmm. went based on the website, but the studio had actually moved. Yeah. So then you called and panicking right and i just was like pure panic chill here's the address we'll be here it's all good yes and then i panicked over parking because there's no parking lot so you know i had no idea what i and i was so flustered flustered and, and i think it was ghetto. like i think it was raining that day like super windy and rainy yeah, so it was think- just like a storm came in or something. Yes. So like my anxiety was like through so the roof. Let me ask you this, Beck. How serious is the anxiety? Like, I mean, like I don't take anything for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but I I worry a lot. You worry a lot. And I, I tend and I get, to worry a lot, and you should know because that's. <laughs> <laughs> and I get that because you know, like in in the, it's a it's 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 a. In life, anything like that's a double-edged sword. What I like about it is that you check in with me often. Yeah, you are responsible for something. You you really feel it when you're on the hook, and if I haven't communicated to you an update or hey the client doesn't need it till tomorrow or whatever, mm-hmm. you are in that sort of buzzing anxiety until you text me and I'm like, oh no, Beck, don't worry about it. Well, we'll just finish it tomorrow. And, and then, then I have to double, <sighs> yes, but I always have to clarify. Which is, which is good. That's what I, I like about I always clarify it. like, okay, just be sure like you are really saying right. don't worry about this the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes. And then I don't worry. And I, and that's what I really like. Don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, I'm like, Becky, God, it's just, it's Okay. <laughs> Like, I want to rescue you from your anxiety, but for the most part, sometimes you, it actually keeps me in check. Like, hey, Matt, they set the first. 
Like, that's tomorrow, dude. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what are we doing about this? Well, it's so hard. Well, okay, so when I came for the interview, one, I didn't know who you were. Right. And when you interview all these other places, you know, people are so serious in business that, like, you have, Give me like, five examples of a moment where you exhibited leadership amongst right. your peers. And some of these places, like, if I had called, if this was a big corporation called and was like, I went to the wrong building, I'm going to be late, they I mean, some that places actually, could be like, That was the don't interview, ma'am, you're fired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you and failed. you know, I didn't know you at the time. I didn't realize how laid back you are about some of the stuff and you're pretty go with the flow. I'm crazy intense um, with other things. So I showed up in a panic, but I made it. I got the job. Did. Um, and I think I like to think, especially when I was doing this and I was marketing myself, I like to tell people that I like to learn. I'm very mm -hmm. eager to learn. Um, and I think I made that a very big point when I sat down with you in the interview because, you know, I'd already been rejected or hadn't heard back from a ton of places. So I was very eager to be like, okay, I know these are my faults. I don't know this, this, and this, but I want to learn and I'm here to learn from right. you. So like mold me. Yep. And then that, that, that works well for me because I'm like, I want you to do things my way. Yes. And that's for the most part what it's been. Mm-hmm. A lot of notebooks. Yes, I like to. I like to write things down because I feel like I I learn them quicker and I learn it better, and it's just my way of processing it. So if I'm writing it down, yeah. like I'm ingesting it better than if I you know make a reminders on my Mac right. and just writing it down is always helped me organize myself just in my mind and I, you know I like writing in general so. Mm -hmm. I tend towards it more just because I, I like doing it as well. And the only reason I bring it up is it's 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 a celebration of Becky. You know, <laughs> I don't I don't write things down as far as steps and stuff goes. And and I, you know, of course respectful of all the different ways people learn and, and do things. Um, the reason I have celebrated your writing things down is I have sometimes this idea that and this is what I experienced in school as well, that traditional schooling teaches you to memorize the steps to get to the final answer. And I don't know math very well because I always memorize the steps to solve the problem. And then a day later, it was gone out of my mind. I, I didn't learn it. And um, not saying that you don't develop a deeper understanding by mm -hmm. doing it your way, but it, it reminds me of what I went through and then it makes me get worried that you're memorizing steps as opposed to developing a deep conceptual understanding right. of how the stuff works so that when something does go wrong and it doesn't fit the progression, you're not stopped in your tracks and go, I don't know how to fix this. Mm -hmm. The conceptual understanding has you go, okay, well, that did that. I wonder if it did that because of this and then maybe this. And then it allows you to solve those problems yourself. On the flip side, going back to sort of that artistic editor thing, I sit there and sometimes go, well, who gives a crap if you um, are equipped to handle when things don't happen as they're supposed to, as long as you are a skilled storyteller, that's your job. That's what mm -hmm. I care about. I don't need you to be another me and right. be able to solve every editor and person's uh, technical issues when the software systems don't work the way that they're supposed to. I think the only reason that it ever 
was difficult in the previous production company setting was sometimes we were so overwhelmed that I could literally spend an entire day going to each editor's desk and fixing the issue. Mm -hmm. But then I also had a pile of work that needed to get done. Um, And sometimes I really wanted you guys to have um, the troubleshooting and technical skills Mm -hmm. to bail yourself out because if I had to do it all the time, which I understand is part of the, you know, that's part of the deal, um, it would stress me out because then I wasn't getting my editing done. Right. So sometimes that's just systems and organization and all that. <clears throat> um. <laughs> hey, DJ. So I got the job. Got the job. Got the job. I like to call you my mentor. I like to be called your mentor. <laughs> <laughs> mentor, big brother, whatever. Guru. Sure. I'll take big brother because I, I, I feel like you're yeah. little, my little sister. Yeah. In a good way. You're my, like my sister Katie who I haven't lived near and you've sort of replaced her. <laughs> Don't let Katie her. Rose. Don't let her see that. Katie, you've been replaced. She's not watching this. She's my, she's my, <laughs> she, she, she doesn't know what I do. She does She lives in Cleveland. She couldn't care less she what's lives going in on. Cleveland. <laughs> Anyway. Okay. So, got the job. You kind of took me under your wing, whether you wanted to or not. And Um, shielded you from things. And I probably drove you nuts because I had a lot of questions. Yeah. um, Especially in the beginning. And it got to the point where I don't think the beginning, the beginning I expect questions. Sometimes a year in, I'm like, Becky. But it got to the point... (laughs) Where Check I page could, 987 where we, we sat like this. You were over there. But it got to the point where I would just look over. And you'd be like, no, yes, Becky. Yes, I could feel it. <laughs> Figure it out, Becky. <laughs> That's true. Oh, That's true. I could absolutely tell when your head turned and held for more than two seconds. There was a question. Is there a break in what Matt is doing where I can bother him? <laughs> That's exactly, exactly what went through my mind. What is he doing? Can I bother him? Oh, he's just checking email. Okay, that's not that's not a bad time to interrupt. <laughs> it got the, better, The headphones though. were on, and, and you're like, oh, dang it. Yes. <laughs> I got to wait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. So true. So, <sighs> okay, so hold the, on. So the interesting thing about you working there and sort of where you've been as an editor since since you started there, and that bothers me the most, and I and I, I want to be a part of um, of making that not the case is that you were really truly only ever part time there, right? Right. There yes. were times where you were very busy and you had a lot of edits. I had almost full time work, right? But I was still sorry, so I she have was like a hair stuck on me so. Yes. So she wasn't an employee, so you're not getting what culturally we have some pressure to obtain, Mm -hmm. um, uh, which is, again, full-time work, benefits, you know, all the stuff that you'd get if you worked at Union Pacific or the World Herald Mm -hmm. or what have you. Um, So not only were you editing with us, but you were still working part-time at the preschool. Yep. um, Throughout the whole time that you were there, right? Yep. Yeah, I was doing... I did half days, Monday and Fridays, and then I did every every morning, weekday morning, I did seven to nine right. 
and then I would come down. Um, and what was and nice work till five. I yeah. mean, I was putting in a seven yeah. to five, seven to six hour day. Sometimes right. I was there till nine o'clock at night, depending on how crazy it was. And then I yeah back up at six a.m. to start it all over. Right, and I, and I, so I think you were doing well. I mean, you, it's not like you weren't making money or that you weren't meeting your responsibilities, right. but it wasn't. It's tough to, you know, especially two extremes of, you know, a preschool mm -hmm. and then, you know, um, what we had editing and all that stuff. And then when sort of a little bit of a step backward, not in the sense like, you know, that, that, that you took a step backward, but with things going in a different direction at that production company and us having to kind of start over to a certain extent, mm -hmm. you know, you went back to full-time work and then, uh, you know, um, uh, the rest of us kind of did our own thing and started building this thing until we could all reconverge, which we've done now for the most part. Right. Um, but even now, as far as the work that, that we have here at Midland Pictures, um, you know, for the most part, well, not for the most part, you are still essentially part-time and you're not mm -hmm. an employee. You know, she's a contract, uh, an independent contractor. So, you know, you work here occasionally and work from home as well. You're working on your office right now, getting all that situated. Soon. 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 Um, and that can be difficult, you know. Um, you've not only moved uh, moved forward with this stuff, but, you know, you've gone from, uh, you've gotten married, you have a house, you have mm -hmm. a, a fur baby now. Yes. <laughs> and, um, if you can't tell from my pants. <laughs> and, and there's... You know, there's a desire to have something that's full time, and and mm -hmm. and uh, and that's another part of what we talk about a lot, which right. is moving towards, you know, being an employee. Are you going to essentially build your own business and work alongside us, and then these things merge? You know, whatever it ends up being, um, I just find all that um, both really rewarding because that lifestyle allows for a lot of flexibility mm -hmm. and you're doing what you want to do every day but then there's pressure and difficulty in that it's not right. it's not like a full-time $45,000 a year benefits thing. Right. Well, and that's um you know, when I left our last company, you know, we met not long after that, mm -hmm. maybe a few months and you know, there's the idea to eventually get a lot of us back together and work and yeah. do more stuff. And, you know, so I went back to the preschool for a long time because, um, you know, it was comfortable. And I didn't want to commit anywhere and not be available to eventually come back. Right. Um, you know, and I, I got married at the time. So, you know, how was I going to start a new job? She and married someone in Matt. Yes, I did. I know a lot of Matt's. <laughs> it's really confusing. So I have my husband Matt and boss Matt. That's right. I think I've accidentally texted you a couple times thinking you. you were my husband. Um, Luckily, nothing. It was all nothing bad. very vanilla and It's neutral. usually like, hey, pick this up at the right. grocery store. Telling me what to do. I'm like, wait a second. I tell you what to do. Yes. Um, so, you know, it was, you know, I put off finding another job for a long time because, you know, how do you... We did destination wedding. We went to Cabo. Highly Cabo. recommend. I went to the Get reception. Married. It was nothing like Cabo. No, <laughs> it was a. It was a. Mess it was <laughs> a messy day. It was rainy and cold, and we had a food truck outside, which made it even worse. Very difficult. But, but it turned out okay. It was great. It was. We had a good time. Um, donuts. I mean. Yes, donuts. We had donuts. 
Yeah, and we bought everybody their first round of drinks. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, so how do you tell, you know, a new employer, like, I need two weeks off for my wedding when I first mm -hmm. start. So I, I waited until after we got married. Um, and then I eventually, we had bought a house. We bought. wanted, we had bought a house. Um, <laughs> we wanted to get a dog. Uh, so then I moved on and I started working at like a tax and government consulting firm, um, that my friend referred me to just as an admin. And, and part of the motivation for that was because it was not that the preschool wasn't full time, but this was full time and had benefits. Yes. Full time benefits. And it was something different. Cause I, I mean, I'd been at the daycare eight years at that point because right. I started in college. Um, no. And I'd done part-time through our other companies, so it, I'd, I'd been there so long. You know, I was just burnt out and ready for, you know, adult. <laughs> Floating hair. But what's interesting, about the, what's interesting about the daycare, I think, is I have a feeling that it was a small business sort of family atmosphere as far as, like, mm -hmm. you feeling comfortable with your superior or superiors. Yep. Um, they're very flexible with their schedule. Yep. And I think for people like us, we gravitate to that kind of stuff because we have this desire for autonomy and kind of doing things when we want to do them. And mm -hmm. those types of jobs work really well for us. But then there's pressure. Um, although, you know, Matt works full time, obviously, and mm -hmm. has benefits. They're not the best. And yeah. I don't know if part of you like really wanting to get that job was... Not only maybe to transition out of the preschool, um, and but to have something that maybe paid a little bit more mm -hmm. and had and had better or really good benefits. Yep. Yeah, um, I definitely made more. Yeah, you know, and and it was a great it was a great company, like I, and they they're a, just an Omaha based company, so they're mm -hmm. really big on like family and values, um, and they're fantastic with their employees, but it's obviously not. A creative job so you know I knew going into it this would n not be my like forever job or even um, or even you know like moving up through the ranks and right you're not gonna like go get your CPA degree oh, and nobody right, would let me thought nobody would let me do their taxes I'm terrible at math so what I find most fascinating about your time and how long were you at this job <clears throat> um six months so you had gotten a taste of you know, sort of being your own boss, right? You were an independent contractor through mm -hmm. us doing the editing. You kind of were for the preschool. I mean, I, you had set times. I ran my own room. Right. So you had autonomy yep. and you knew what you were doing. People didn't get in your way necessarily mm -hmm. and like tell you how to do things. I'm sure there was some stuff you had to follow and, you know, right. all that. And then you go to this other job and it's, I'm sure to a certain extent, it's like, no, you sit here all day and you go on your break at this time and... Uh, Totally. They were, I mean, I they mean were like, pretty laid back. Okay. And I don't mean that they were like, Becky, you sit down and you don't get up until whatever, but you're sort of in this, you're sort of boxed in a little bit and, right. and, and the work isn't necessarily fulfilling. I mean, even at the preschool, as difficult as it was sometimes, there has to be some joy and excitement in working with these little kids and, mm -hmm. and, and developing their personalities and teaching them things. Right. Whereas this position was not as fulfilling, especially because it's not in an area that remotely interests you. Right. Um, so you know, I, it wasn't bad. Like I liked it for what it was, you know, it wasn't yeah. creative. Um, they did. I mean, because I'm 
I was so creative. I mean, that most people who worked there were, um, you know, had some sort of business mm -hmm. or, um, yeah, business degree, you know, so I was so creative that actually a lot of stuff came my way that was more creative because I could take it and just kind of run with it and go. And, yeah. you know, I didn't have a lot of hookups on, you know, how do I kind of manipulate this program to do this? So I did get to actually use some of my creativity. It just wasn't, you know, but it wasn't, you know, in this area where this is the area I went to school for. And I had always known in the back of my mind, like, I'm going to get back into this someday. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to lead you into being disparaging about that job or your employers or anything. I don't mean that at all. But as someone who kind of got a taste of running your own show mm -hmm. and, and then also doing what we did, because I think for all of us in working in post-production and editing, we really had a great time. Mm -hmm. I mean, when work doesn't feel like work, right. um, and yes, there were some issues with leadership there and we had some of those struggles and drama, but when we were our little bubble, right. you, me, DJ, Michaela, um, Tom, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And again, even if this position was okay or fine, you know, it felt probably felt like work. You know, mm -hmm. you weren't, you weren't, Woo, gonna go in this morning, can't wait, gonna do this and do that and get all this right. done. Whereas, I don't know if you had that experience working with us, but if there was an edit, something was due, we're finally gonna get the color grade, we're do that, you know, like mm -hmm. there was excitement to finish it and get right. it and, and get it, get it completed. So what I'm curious about is just just the collision of those two things. Someone who's basically been her own boss to a certain extent and and had a job that didn't feel like a job mm -hmm. to go back to that and what that did to you emotionally or sort of how it cemented like, yep, I don't want to do this. Right. I mean, it was, it was hard, but I knew leaving the preschool, I knew what I was getting into, mm -hmm. um, for one. And I think, I think the hardest part was because, you know, I had gone back to the preschool after our last production job and um you know i'd been so familiar there i i led my own room mm -hmm. i kind of i got to be creative with all of that um so coming into this job i think the hardest part for me was not being active all day um because you know with the kids i was up and down and we were right. going outside for long walks we were going to the playground we were doing activities and so to go from being so active and you know spending 45 minutes on a walk with these kids and then to go into an office job mm -hmm. that was really hard for me and I came into it in the summer so you know I I'd go home I'd go on lunch break some days and be like oh my god it's sunny today like <laughs> right, you really I didn't even realize sort of disconnected yeah so I think that was the hardest part was just coming off of being so active and kind of independent into more yeah. of an office structure it was really hard adjusting yeah. over and not that you know the company was bad because no. they were great and you know if I needed to take a two-hour lunch that was not an issue at all yeah. it was just you know going into kind of sitting at my computer all day and it wasn't editing like right. I'd been used to was because the I hardest think, part I think editing is very active like cerebrally like right we go on long walks and you know we do those things in our mm -hmm. mind when we're editing so we don't feel like we sat at the computer all day even though we did right 
Well, and that's, I mean, you and DJ always say all the time, like, I don't know how you just sit there, Becky, because I, I mean, you, there were times when I would, just, good at it, like, I would just hunker down yeah. and, and plow through edits. Which, and that's another aspect of Becky as an editor. DJ and I will say, oh, like, oh, what song do we use? Oh, I don't know. I got to go do this. I'm going to go organize this or whatever. Hello? Filming is in progress on a very important YouTube show, Sorry, honey. It's fine. Oh, you're blocked in? Oh, that's me. <laughs> oh, watch out. That's me. I will get it. You pause. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Oh. We'll wrap it up here. Stop right. talking. Becky kept saying that uh, mine was really long, and this has been way longer. Because it's been all about Becky the whole time, whereas I had 10 minutes, That's right, you and then you had 37 well. minutes. Right. I didn't ask you as many questions, she was though, because we were... Because ours was so long, and then now hers she was, was even longer. Because we were trying to really do sort of like an us overview, yeah. whereas I'm like trying to interview her. Right. And I'm trying to get to like, yeah. Well, it's a struggle. Honest, I mean, now that Becky's not in the room, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how long she's got here. Are we still rolling? You know we're recording, right? Wait, what? No, I turned them all off. <laughs> no, nope, they're rolling, buddy. Mm -hmm. Oh she's God! She's upstairs moving the car, so. Yeah, my wife needs to uh, get out of the garage so that she can go pick up our kiddo uh, from daycare. And I'm sure she just was sweating coming down here and knocking on that door. So nervous. Just do it, honey. How do I touch it? Soft oh, enough for recording. Okay. Oh, she could text you. You have your phone. She did. Oh. I don't. You didn't respond. You know, you know how I am. I don't. Just a jerk. At her, you know, probably take a quick look at changing. Oh, she wasn't making a change of video. So yeah, we were like, Becky's so lame. And locked in parentheses, Dottie. <laughs> uh, she's so... Stu oh! Funny. Funny. Who's making fun of me? It's because DJ is too cool for school. Too cool for school, baby. <laughs> I shut no, your garage door because no, Aaron did it. You gave me a hard time for being so my video being so long. And I'm almost through the third 29 minutes. I know, this, this is going to be so long. Third 25 Yeah, but you kind of rambled really? off on some stuff. Yeah, well, it's all going to be edited down. It's an hour and a half. It's all going to be edited down. But gonna, yeah, but you guys sat here for like two hours on yours, too. It ended up being 47 minutes long, I think, that first video. So. Yeah. Two people telling their whole life stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this will be cut down, but I just... You cut know. down a lot. Yes, so... Working there, coming off of being active and being kind of my own boss, yeah, it was just it was hard to go somewhere that felt what felt like work, um, you know, especially in a very formal office setting. Yeah. Um, and then you know go at home at night, and you know every once in a while you throw something at me, and it was very hard to sit down at night after being in a work setting all day and get myself back into that creative mm -hmm. mindset because I wasn't using it all day. Right. Um, so I know there were a couple edits that 
I really struggled, especially in my first few roughs, mm -hmm. that I think you could tell as well that I was struggling to like well, that really just, get myself back into the editing mindset to pump out like right. a great story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's like riding a bike, you know, you have to, you have to, um, kind of get used to it again and, mm -hmm. you know, get, get the muscles that, you know, you haven't flexed in a while, you know, back, back into it. So yeah, I completely understand all that looking, you know, looking ahead and with where things are now, you know, everything's moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the work kind of vacillates, there's some lulls, there's some busy times. Um, and you know, I think the ultimate goal is, you know, to be able to do this full time. Mm -hmm. Um, and not necessarily like full-time employee at Midland Pictures, but you know, to be a full-time filmmaker, video right. professional, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is, you've been coming on a lot of shoots for us and learning the equipment and the cameras to a certain extent. Right. It's, it's probably been a little bit slower for both of us than mm -hmm. we would prefer, but you've also been sporadic on some of the shoots that you go to, or some of the shoots are sort of slightly high pressure, mm -hmm. and like DJ and I sort of just like, we gotta get this set up and we gotta get this done. Right, um, which is why I started doing more social media when you guys are right. kind of like, and BTS in your right. zone of getting everything set up. I'm kind of yeah. just taking the social media route and well, we, making it we, work. We want to make sure too that, like, you know, part, you know, I know that part of a small part of wanting to do the video production stuff is honestly to get more work and get more money. Mm -hmm. Like, you need more hours, right? Right. Um, yes. Are you interested in it? Yes. Do you want, you know, to run a camera and get B-roll, which you've done and you've done yeah. a very good job. Um, uh, you know, so there is that element to it. Um, but we have found that on those shoots, like it's been really valuable to us to have you running social media. So she's posting to Instagram stories and taking pictures. She's doing BTS with some, you know, with a still camera or her phone and mm -hmm. giving us content that we need to create, um, right. to connect with an audience and, um, and reach out to you guys. So that's been really helpful, and I like seeing that. Mm -hmm. um, I think as we talked about when you started, you know, I started managing your expectations for what would really be feasible here as far as hours and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about you helping out with producing things, you know, speaking to clients directly, landing right. your own clients and handling that process. Mm -hmm. So some of those additional responsibilities, and I think, I think something that we still talk about is and this might come out of anxiety and nervousness and sort of all that but initiative and mm -hmm. how can you just do that stuff and make yourself so invaluable that like I can't have you not do the call sheets right. or not put the notes in for the client and interface with them directly or whatever it is versus you respecting the boundaries and the mm -hmm. rules and not wanting to screw something up or not do it right, right or whatever. Which is, which I know I've struggled with, especially coming off of um, being in the work setting where everything was so structured and mm -hmm. um, it's really hard to get back into that like initiative. Plus, you know, like I said before, I have a lot to learn still, especially yeah. with cameras. Um, and when we do go on some of those shoots where, you know, like we have to get this set up in 45 minutes, it's not always, a teaching opportunity right on site um, for me to learn so I know like I struggle you know on my days here coming back here and 
learning on my own, asking questions when I know you two are busy because, you know, if you have your headphones on, right. can't ask those questions. Yep. We're in the zone. <laughs> DJ wears headphones. But yes, I don't. You don't anymore. <laughs> well, not now that we're not at the other place. Right. Um, but yeah, and you know, at home, I do have my camera at home, but since I haven't really had a space that's mine, I haven't really started anything because we've talked about branding and you know you really talked about um starting up like a youtube because there's so few women in videography and Especially, editing yeah film and putting myself out there for that and not, you know at home i've really hesitated on it just because i don't have a space to really sit down and want to do it in my house um unless i was doing it in my living room so once i get like a home office set up i'm hoping to really start doing more of that well, and as I think, well. I think to be to be completely blunt and honest, and you're like me, I will create these artificial things. Uh, I'm sorry, not artificial. I will create these things that have to happen before I can do something. And to a right. certain extent, this is that. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, we filmed a few episodes with all the boxes and all the junk and all that because that was going to be part of the story. But I do that where I'm like, I, I, I use this example a lot. My sister, Heather, um, had gotten an iBook G3, an Apple iBook G3, mm -hmm. and she, her school switched to PC, so she couldn't use it, so it was just sitting there. Well, I had built my own PC and was using it to write screenplays and do all this stuff, and then she told me, well, I'll just send you my MacBook. You can't have it, but you can use it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I literally would not use my computer until that computer showed up in the mail. And it took her a long time to send it to me. I actually had to bug her a couple times to actually ship it. Mm -hmm. But I had made this, well, I can't. Right. I can't write until I have that iBook. I've been writing for years on mm -hmm. my junky old PC, but I can't do it now until that G3 iBook is in my possession. Right. I don't know why I do that. And I don't know if, if, if something like deep in your mind says, I'll start when I get a home office right. instead and of setting up a camera in the kitchen and going, who cares? Right. I have something to say, or this is connected to a goal. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I don't want it to seem too, and, and, and we'll talk about this more um, on our own. I don't want it to seem too like you're sort of being tasked with doing this stuff. Right. Um, you know, me doing YouTube and DJ doing YouTube, I feel like is coming out of this transformation that we're sort of undergoing um, and uh, also a sort of a business and strategy knowledge that these things can actually bring people to our brand and, and create connections with potential clients and other artists and filmmakers. And you're so good on camera and I think you would really enjoy it. You obviously mm -hmm. have the equipment to edit and film and maybe you have something to say or an interesting angle. Um, and then it's also selfish because if you build your brand and your brand is connected to Midland Pictures and people are like, Becky, you do all this awesome stuff. I need a video, da, da, da. You know, it's a way for us to basically be partners right. in, in helping serve service clients and yeah. whatnot. When so. I, I definitely, I'm the type where if I, you know, even the social media is a little different because, you know, we're out on location I relatively know what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, I take about eight takes before I actually post <laughs> one. Um, but, you know, especially for YouTube, it's for me, if I'm going to do it, you know, I don't want to just do a bunch of videos and then figure out what I want my voice to be. I want 
to already kind of have that plan because I have yeah. to plan it out and I have to write it down. And I respect that. I have that. to write I it down that, that's and kind of know what do I want to talk about and why is it important. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, my background of, you know, I was working at the preschool for so long. Yeah. So, you know, having like working with curriculum and then um, being in my sorority and now I'm a general advisor and, you know, we always emphasize with the girls, like, you know, when you plan events, like, why are they important? Right. How, what are your members going to get out of it? So that's a lot of what goes through my thought process and why I haven't started things. Cause one, I want to have a space to do it. Cause mm -hmm. I want my nice space for it. And two, like I need to come up with what I want to talk about right. and why I think it's important and why people would want to hear it before I would just yeah. jump in. Especially, I mean, at this point, I mean, I'm, 28 I, I don't want to just get on and throw out a bunch of yeah. stuff so well, I, and i agree i think i think i think and, and it is interesting you know i think there is a little bit of that in dj stuff where he's like i'm just going to start making videos and kind of figure this stuff out like and you know his videos are specific and mm -hmm. uh, each one is specific um and i think that uh you know they touch on a lot of different things but like we've talked about you know and what you're talking about, is there like this specific through line, you know, with them all? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think yours are like crazy all over the place or anything. But then I would agree like this one, it was like, okay, the first video is going to be you and me saying who we are. Like, and there's going to be this progression. Like right. there was this map and this vision and this very specific mm -hmm. um, sort of uh, point of view and directive that was unfolding. And, and I respect that that's, you know, yeah. that that's... You want to, you know, maybe the space is part of your vision and um, mm -hmm. you want to come up with, like, what is this about? Is it just about Becky ran Becky's random videos of whatever I right. think of every day? Or, you know, do you have a topic right. or sort of a thing that you're going to be covering um, right. as someone who has something to say? Yeah. And, and, you, I, and you don't have to know that right now because you're going to figure yeah. it out. But Well, and I know some things that I want to hit on because I have a lot of, like, creativity side and I tend to take on a lot of like crafty projects mm -hmm. so I think I'd like to do something where I highlight like this one thing and then I'll probably highlight my dog at some point <laughs> and, and then you, you, you know, but you're, then I'll you're take into popular the serious culture route. as well you know so. so you could review Infinity War if you felt like it <laughs> No spoilers. Yeah, please. Matt no. hasn't seen it. She spoiled the whole thing already. I did not. I did not. <laughs> Just by being like, oh, I liked it. I told I her to tell it. me what she thought with no emotion, and there was emotion. There was. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that that's that 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 uh, you know the, the sort of the, the path that you've taken and the path that you're still on that we're all still on, but you know mm -hmm. your your you're figuring out your voice, you're figuring out your skill set, you're figuring out, you know, sort of what your path into this profession, into this profession, and I don't know how the right word is, into a like, way where it's like really rewarding, mm -hmm. not only with the work that you're doing through us, the work you're doing on your own, and the money that you're making, and, and what that allows you to do as a working professional. Um, you know, you're still in this sort of transition phase from working with me and in, uh, at the old place and kind of hitting this point and then it all kind of falling apart and then starting over again this past January. So I'm, I'm really excited about mm -hmm. where things will go, how you're going to grow as an artist and 
um, you know, learn some tech things and work with cameras and do social media. And I'm most interested in seeing how these personality traits, whether it's anxiety and nerves and following the rules and writing mm -hmm. things down and waiting to have the room done and all this stuff, it both serves you and, um, and illuminates anything that maybe, you know, like we all do in our journey towards self-awareness, you know, need to push ourselves to do more of. Right. Like we've talked about taking initiative or, you know, you know, all of us with self-discipline or not waiting till we have the iBook G3 to actually do the thing that we need to do. <clears throat> um, so I'll be curious to track with all of us how that works and how it works with us working together. All right, so I'm gonna just come up with stuff at the top of my okay. head. What's the last movie you saw? Infinity War. And you, and you liked it, right? <laughs> and I liked it. <laughs> okay. Um, what's the last book you read? Oh, what was the last book I read? Um, Whether it was audiobook or book. I'm currently reading, uh, is it A Man Called Ove? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I heard of that one. I started it, I'm, I like it, I'm halfway through, but then like, yeah, I've just, I haven't picked it. it up in a couple months. Are, but... you, are you listening to any podcasts? No. Have you ever listened to a podcast? Yes, I used to listen to a Harry Potter okay. podcast. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> as, lame as, as lame as that sounds. No, it's all good. Who are you following on social media like that you, that, that's not like somebody that you know personally that you really enjoy their content? There's this girl, I can't, I think it's like Cest Marie. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I don't know if that's right. She's out of England. She's obsessed with like pastel colors mm -hmm. and she like her Instagram is just really pretty. Mm -hmm. I'm also following, it's called the Front Door Project and the woman lives in New England, but she goes around and takes pictures of like really old homes, kind of what you would see in my neighborhood. So she's taking pictures of just front doors? Not just the door, like the whole front the of whole the front house. The whole entrance. They're beautiful. And every they're all this old is every picture. Massachusetts. Every picture is just the front, the front almost, of a house. Almost every picture, yeah. This is, nice. and this is, you know, the whole like super niche mm -hmm. thing, like doing mm -hmm. something crazy super niche. Like I wanted to right. start an Instagram that was like, that was like every Instagram post was like the four or five opening shots of like a dramatic indie thriller. <laughs> and that's it. It's so nerdy. <laughs> I know, but like every post would be like, those the, that little montage of the cornfield and then the road and then the gravestone and then the water tower and like mm -hmm. and then you know you go into the movie and you meet your characters because I you know mm. I always you know, you always watch the beginning of some of these indie indie drama thrillers and like they they set the stage of the region yeah. with those opening images and it'd be funny to do an Instagram feed where that's you know that's what it was <clears throat> right so. All right, so that's cool. So, so okay. I just I find that fascinating that, and this is a little bit of insight for you too that you know the pastel thing, um, and what what this woman posted, and then the front doors are like how do you even come across like the Instagram of a woman who takes pictures of the front of houses <laughs> in like New England? <laughs> well, what? Okay, well I found it in like my search because you know how it recommends a bunch of yeah. stuff, and I just saw it, and it at first I thought it was gonna be somebody in Omaha mm. posting somewhere in like the Dundee 
Benson Blackstone right. area. Yep. So I clicked on it and then realized it wasn't. But yep. I love the look of all those old homes and okay. like kind of the historic look. And you have I mean, it, that's, you know, and you that's have what I have in the house yeah. right now. So I started following it. And cool. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite food? Type of food? Mashed potatoes. Okay, so we need to start a mashed potatoes restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> or you should start an Instagram just of pictures of mashed potatoes. <laughs> mashed potatoes. Yes. Um, if you had to go to one restaurant tonight in Omaha, what would it be? I'd go to Amsterdam Falafel. Nice. I I love them. I'm what super obsessed with them. I always get the beef falafel with the herb and garlic sauce. <laughs> the... And the curry fries. You always get the beef falafel? Yes. It's like the beef and lamb. Oh, so you get the kebab, so it's it's the shaved beef and it's yes, in the thing. Yes, but I mean, it's, the, it's in the, the, the yeah, it's in the sandwich though. But the falafel is like the fried chickpeas. Yes. Do you get that too? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I was confused. So if you had to go to one restaurant tonight, what would it be? I'd go to Amsterdam falafel, and I get the beef lamb kebab with curry fries. Ugh. Mayo or ketchup? No. No, I don't Neither? like I don't plain? like a lot of condiments. Mayo, so no mayo, no ketchup, just the fries. Yes, I wow. will not eat anything with mayonnaise if I know there's enough in it to taste it. Mayonnaise and mustard. I don't do pasta salads, so, potato salads. So Dijon mustard, which nope. is basically mayonnaise nope. and mustard. Nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, no, no condiments. Yes, it drives my husband nuts. Instagram feed, no condiments, Becky. Everything you eat, <laughs> and it doesn't have a condiment on it. Done. Well, I mean, I'm okay with ketchup and like I like like the Freddies and the cane sauce, but I I can't do Just like mayo. But it, there's other stuff in it to where it doesn't. If it tastes too mayo-y, Thousand I won't Island eat dressing. it. Yeah, I'll eat it. I okay. like that, but I don't like. What you have to pasta you have a salads salad, and all that. You have a salad and you have to put salad dressing on it ranch. right now. It's ranch. <laughs> <laughs> or okay, or like a Southwest. Chipotle ranch because I Spicy. really like Southwest and like taco salads. Fascinating. <laughs> what else? I feel like I've got one more in me. <sighs> um, favorite movie of all time? No. No. You're on a desert island, <laughs> and you have a VCR and a TV, <laughs> and only one VHS cassette, and you have to watch. You know, like, you're gonna watch it for the rest of your life on this desert island. What movie is it? <laughs> it would not be Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, DJ. That isn't, even, that isn't even my favorite Harry Potter. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know because I'm trying to think of something like what genre could I stand the rest of my life. You don't. Know. I want to say Jurassic Park, but I don't know if that's just because we were watching it today. Um. This one's kind of lame. Potentially, Pride and Prejudice, the new one. I haven't seen it. Because the music is fantastic. Mm. I love the score. Or Under the Tuscan Sun. Really? Yes. Mm. I don't know why, but I have that loved that movie since it came out. Diane Lane. Richard Gere. No. Richard Rush. Gere is not Russell Crowe. No. <laughs> Diane Lane, Under the Tuscan Sun? Who's in that one? <laughs> this is not a male lead um oh it's right she it, goes there she, she goes, goes there because she gets divorced right. so she moves to like tuscany yeah yeah, yeah. and like sandra O oh is her best friend yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And she, I don't know. I just, I don't know if I like it. Because don't you of, love that I just assumed that there was a male lead in that movie? I mean, if this is not just like a commentary on, on stuff, I just can't yeah. believe it. Okay, so three movies are your Desert Island movie. Okay. <laughs> Jurassic Park, Pride and Prejudice, and The Tuscan <laughs> Sun. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. Pride and Tuscany Park. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Becky Whitholm. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, <laughs> really appreciate uh, you guys checking it out. If you would prefer to listen to this by the time you've got to this point, you've already watched the whole thing, but you can listen to it uh, on our podcast. We're on anchor.fm slash Midland Pictures. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Midland Pictures. Becky is on Instagram at Becky Lou Who. Which so, I think I'm going to change. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I would do Mashed Becky and then just no, only, mashed only show potatoes. Mashed Potatoes. <laughs> mashed Becky. So, yeah, check it out. Thanks for watching. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. Finally, your two hour. That's not going to be an hour and a half video.